Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode number 154, which we are recording on Tuesday, November 21st, 2017. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And this is the week of Thanksgiving in the U.S. So we are just two days before the Thanksgiving holiday and boy, the stores and the roads are already insanely crowded. (laughs) It's remarkable how everything just amped up. Really quickly. Like, yesterday wasn't as bad, and today, trying to get over here to record, whoa. (laughs) Yeah. Every year, I always say, where are these people the rest of the year? How come they only grocery shop at this time of year? It's so true. (laughs) It's absolutely true. So, all of a sudden, everybody must grocery shop this week. Very strange. Mike went to the grocery store this morning, and he came home, and he said, don't go to Safeway. Whatever you do, (laughs) don't go to Safeway. (laughs) So, happy Thanksgiving to everybody in the U.S. who's celebrating. And what are you wearing, Charlene? I just happen to have a little shawl around my neck today called Pebble Beach, the Pebble Beach shawl, which is a pattern by Helen Stewart from the Curious Handmade podcast. I knit mine back in September, October of 2014 in a single-ply fingering weight yarn from Dream and Color that I'm very happy with and like quite a lot. This color is a... I looked on my Ravelry page. I did not put the colorway down. That's because they had those weird colorway names. Maybe that's it. And I can't remember if this one also had a weird colorway name or what. But it's a medium pink. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's a medium pink, very, very tonal, maybe like a dark carnation pink. It makes me think of antique for some reason. Like, it's not sepia-toned, obviously, but it makes me think of sepia-toned photographs and stuff like that. I don't know why. Yeah. Victorian. It's very tonal, so I really like this shawl. I I do love the single-ply yarns. I think they're probably my favorite for shawls, even though I use just about anything for shawls, but (laughs) (laughs) I do love how they just feel so light and lightweight when you wear them. So, because it's actually pretty warm today and I'm just wearing a t-shirt and just have this around my neck. It is ridiculous. Last time we recorded, we were celebrating the return of sweater weather. weather, Today, it's in the 70s. It's ridiculous. So, 70s in November. I want my sweater weather back. (laughs) That's the way it often is for Thanksgiving week, though. I remember growing up Thanksgiving, it was all sunny and warm. Hello, California. (laughs) So what are you wearing, Gail? I'm wearing my Annulaire sweater by Hilary Smith Callis. It's a finished object, and I love it. It is in Madeline Tosh, Tosh Merino Light in the Venetian colorway, and it is a burgundy ish pink that is beautiful i'm in love with this sweater i called it my first annual tahoe sweater because i cast on the weekend i went to lake tahoe with my running friends and we had to get together on sunday for a birthday of one of my running friends and i wore it for the first time oh so (laughs) i cast it on with them and its first outing was with them so it was really fun i got to show it off to everybody Everybody wanted to touch it and feel it, so that was fun. (laughs) But it is a top-down, raglan-shaped, A-line sweater that was an incredibly easy knit and very, very wearable. The A-line shaping, I'm wearing it over a dress right now, and it looks really cute. It would be cute with skinny jeans, which I don't wear, and maybe I should get a pair again, (laughs) because it would look really cute. But you wear leggings that have the same shape. Yeah, but legging, it's not tunic length, so it doesn't cover all the parts. Yeah, so, that's yeah, true. that I, wouldn't really work. I understand. Yeah. And the jingling in the background, that's Nani the bird. So Nani's saying hi, if you were wondering what the, <laughs> the jingling is. So this is Anulaire by Hilary Smith Callis. I highly recommend it as an easy, fun knit that is very wearable. So, okay, what have you been stocking? I've been stocking a lot. So have you? I'm excited. Okay. Well, I am still on my quest to find the project for the several sweater quantities of DK weight yarn that are in more sta- in, in my stash. And I discovered two more this week that I believe have jumped the pack. 
So they've taken the place of the ones that I mentioned last week. Yep. And I actually stalked one of them before. But that will be the second one I talk about. The first one is the Markley DK, which is a pullover sweater from Elizabeth Doherty. You may recognize the name Markley because Gail just knit her Markley in a fingering weight. There are actually two patterns called Markley. One of them is just Markley, and that one is in fingering weight. And then the second is the Markley DK, which I think otherwise I probably would not consider. But since I have the yarn in my stash and I'm actively looking for something to knit with it, that particular yarn, this one is probably going to be it. You should because one. it's similar to the fit of Donner and you love And Donner. I love my Donner. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm You'll love it. Concerned a little bit about the weight, but I think I have resigned myself to using a sweater quantity of what I jokingly refer to as my holy grail yarn that's <laughs> in my stash. And I call it holy grail yarn because it is that color that just slays me that I would buy in every base if I could. And actually, I've I've knit, this is my second sweater quantity of this same mm-hmm. yarn because I've already knit one sweater in this yarn. It's the Josh DK in the logwood color. Totally my holy grail color. <laughs> now, hold on. We have to back up for a second because you said you've resigned yourself. I've resigned myself to using it because... But that sounds so negative. I know it does. But part of me thinks I have to save it because oh, there no. may not be any more. Because it's a color that yeah. has since been discontinued. Which yeah. is not to say that they may reintroduce it again at any time because they could and I've noticed that Madeline Tosh seems to phase colors in and out without notice really not like they have to give notice to right but colors back in colors they've retired suddenly make a reappearance on the scene I agree yes so I have used this color previously I have some lace yarn in this color oh that's right yeah yeah and i've even looked on ravelry and for de-stashes of fingering weight yarn but i couldn't find like a whole sweater quantity together so and it's one of those colors that can be wildly different now this might be too much information for people who have a weakness for madeline tosh so warning (laughs) (laughs) if you go into the madeline tosh lovers group in Ravelry, they have a thread for for sale and in search of, which is FS slash ISO, for sale and in search of. Oh, I see. Because somebody might have it but not actively have it exactly as for sale in their yes. stash. So you could go Got into that it. thread if there's any particular base and or colorway of Madeline Tosh you're looking for, you can post in that thread and you would be surprised how many times you get a positive response. Oh, interesting. A lot of people hoard their Madeline Tosh and they don't want to list it as something that they're selling, right. but they will entertain ideas for it, especially if you ever need like a single skein because you run out for a project or something. They are a great group of knitters who respond very, very nicely, helpfully, etc., to posts like that. So. Well, I will file that tidbit away if I ever find myself in a position where you're desperate. Yeah, I'm desperate (laughs) or I don't have other yarn to knit with or my stash runs dry. (laughs) So in other words, you probably will never use that resource. (laughs) I don't know. We'll see. But back to Markley DK. I think... I'm probably going to cast this one on relatively soon. I actually knit a small swatch last night. I want to knit, continue on the swatch and make it a little bit larger before I settle on needle size for sure. Because knowing DK weight yarn, I kind of expect that the swatch may not tell me everything that I need to know because it's Mm -hmm. certainly going to react differently 
when it's got the whole weight yeah. of the sweater on it. So I'm trying to swatch wisely knowing that. But the Markley DK, as I mentioned, pullover. It's got a split hem, slightly longer in the back. And then it's got a nice line along the sides that kind of angle the fronts toward the front a little bit. Is that how to describe that? Angles the seam a little bit towards the front. Yeah, so it makes your, your hips look slimmer with the line. Yeah, kind of it comes does. towards a V towards your it does the middle of your thighs yeah. kind of. And it's sense. a drop shoulder sweater, but a nicely proportioned drop shoulder. It's not too large, and it has the lovely horizontal braid across the back that Elizabeth is definitely known for. So, Markley DK by Elizabeth Doherty. And that horizontal braid also makes the sweater hold its shape so much better than mm -hmm. most top-down construction. So your DK weight, even though it's heavier than fingering, just that horizontal braid alone is going to yeah, help it. I was thinking that I would have to make sure that I knit that braid nice and snug. Mm -hmm. So, Okay, so the second sweater in DK weight that I have found is one that I know I have stocked before. I did not go back through show notes to find out exactly when I stocked it, but the sweater pattern was released in May of 2014. So it may have been back around that time. It's called Outlined by Suvi Simola. And this one is also a pullover. I don't know what it is with me and the pullovers all of a sudden, but this one has a dolman type sleeves, not the huge dolman sleeves that are the size of the whole side of the sweater. They're a little bit narrower, but they are dolman in the fact that they are knitted in one piece off the body. This one also has a high-low hem, but very rounded hems. So the front of the sweater kind of curves upward in the front, like towards your face. And then the back curves the opposite direction. And it's got contrasting color seams. From what I can tell between the photographs and the pattern description, I haven't purchased the pattern yet, but between those two, what it looks like is maybe you knit the two halves separately and then either seam them together or maybe three needle bind off them together, but with a contrast color. Oh, thus getting so the outline. You get, yes, you get okay. the outline and the contrast color is also on the hem and then the neckline. It's quite lovely. It is very pretty. <laughs> I was just showing Gail one that I quite liked because it was in a purpley pink. <laughs> the sample for the pattern is knit in a turquoise, and that one is really nice too. Yeah, it's pretty. I remember seeing yeah, it with yeah. the green outline. And of course, just like any other sweater where you use two colors, there are lots of fun combos, so it's fun to go look at those. And fantasy knit. <laughs> <laughs> so that is outlined by Suvi Simola. And then I am still trying to pick yarn for my Land of Sweets cowl from Helen Stewart. That's part of her knit vent you collection. You say still trying to pick yarn. Still it only to came pick. out a week yeah. ago. Yes, but you've I, already... I know, but it, knit you've yours. never <laughs> even stopped it before because it just came no, out. We, so no, you funny. talked about it last episode. Did I really? Yes, you did. Okay. So we have mentioned the Helen Stewart knit vent. This is her, I don't know, fourth? I talked about knit vent and that there was a pattern coming up soon, but it oh, hadn't okay. been released yet. Oh, okay. So this was okay. like a, so you, a you flash mentioned into the, the Yarny yes. X podcast. Yes. Wham, bam. So I just haven't hit upon my must-have combo yet, although I have one yarn picked. I have... Uh, Ooh, gumball, jawbreaker, something. Unicorn gumball or gumball love? I think it's gumball like love. Candy skein. Candy skein mm -hmm. yarn. And it's very lovely. They're kind of pastels. It's joyful. Although, yeah, it's very joyful. It makes me smile. And I have a skein in the MCN 
which is merino, cashmere, and nylon. So it's very soft and squishy. Mm -hmm. Will feel lovely around my neck. And I just haven't decided if I want to use another whole skein and alternate or use bits and bobs and do several things. Nothing, I've tried both. I've, you know, I've been playing around with colors, but nothing has shouted out to me yet. So, so tell everybody what the Land of Sweets Cowl is. The Land of Sweets Cowl, it is a cowl designed to showcase the knitter's version of this wonderland. And when she says this wonderland, it's referring to the dances that make up the section of the Nutcracker where the characters are in the land of sweets. Yep. And it's the most colorful and exciting, I'm reading this from Helen's description, the most colorful and exciting part of the whole ballet and the Sugar Plum Fairy is the indulgent queen of this confectionery kingdom. It's one of my favorite <laughs> parts of the Nutcracker. So when the pattern came out, I was instantly swept into that whole part of the Nutcracker ballet. Yes. Instantly. Yes, I love the Nutcracker too. And it just seems so appropriate to use a yarn from Candy's Skin, don't you think? It really does. <laughs> yep, absolutely. So that is what I am stocking. And Gail, you said you were stocking a lot. Oh my goodness gracious. I have been kind of out of control. So Helen Stewart's Knitvent 2017, her second pattern was the Tool Shawl which is inspired by the ballerina's tutus and the tool underlayments of that. And it is a beautiful one skein fingering weight shawl, garter stitch body, and a beautiful lace edging that has optional beads. And it's beautiful. I have a skein of Spencer Hill Dye Works in 50% silk, 50% merino. The color is called tutu. So it's a beautiful pink, and it doesn't seem like a perfect match yes. for the tulle shawl that's made after the <laughs> it, name it for ballerinas yes. tutus and the colorways yes. tutus. So I think yeah. I'm going to have to cast that on. Just like me with my candy skin. Exactly. <laughs> so that's brewing in my fantasy knitting life, knitting fantasy life, rather. And debating whether or not I want to use beads. I haven't mm -hmm. done anything with beads in a long time, that's and it would be really pretty. It would be really pretty. They're optional. Yeah. So I think I might use them. Although silk gives the yarn enough drape. Whereas if I was going to use a single true. ply yarn that didn't have silk, I'd want the beads just for, for the weight. added weight. Yeah. yeah. But maybe with this base, I don't. I don't know. I'm obviously thinking about it. So that's the tool shawl. And her knit vent release this week is going to be two patterns at the same time. So I'm very curious. Hmm. I also wanted to mention that starting today, November 21st, the Indie Gift Along starts again. So I think this is the fifth year in a row they've done this. And it's a group, I think they have 300 indie designers participating now. And starting today, patterns go on sale. So each designer has one or more patterns in a bundle that are eligible for the discount. And visit the Indie Gift Along thread in Ravelry to get all the details, but there's a discount code that's applicable to all the patterns involved. And then there are knit alongs that go with it as well. So different categories of knit alongs, etc. It's really fun. So check that out if you're interested. Some of us had mentioned that in one of the Ravelry threads in our podcast group, and we were saying it seemed so late for it to get started. But it's not. It's usually around Thanksgiving. So, yeah. It just seems too late to actually be doing gift knitting. And I don't know why I've never noticed that before, because maybe I don't do a lot of gift knitting. <laughs> yeah, it is always around the same time. Hmm. So that didn't surprise me. Last episode, I was stocking designs by Caitlin Hunter. Yes, And were. that has continued. So I got all obsessed about doing the Ninilchik Swancho. <laughs> which I mentioned last episode, but I didn't know the name of it for sure. Well, since then, several of you who are listening have knit it, including Steph, who is Stephanie Sews, and I just became obsessed with it for about five days, and I was convinced I was going to cast it on, even though... It's beautiful. It's so pretty. It's a colorwork, top-down swancho, so it's this giant, like, poncho thing, but with sleeves. Similar to the shape of the Veronica mm -hmm. pullover that I knit during the summer. Yeah. 
and it has a lot of color work. And the more I looked at it, the more I thought, that's kind of too much color work for me. I don't know if it's a lot. It's a lot. Work. It's yeah. beautiful, but I think I would have to dial that down a bit. I remember I looked at the yarn requirements because for a brief moment, I thought maybe I was interested in making it too because it is just so pretty. And I remember noticing that the yarn requirements for the main color seemed really high because when you look at it, there's not much main color in there. Oh. There's so much color work. And I was thinking, wow, where where does all that yardage get used? But I think it's because the bottom is yes. so wide. Exactly. So that's going to eat up a lot of yarn. That's exactly what it is. But the skirt when so you get down to that bottom. Work. Yeah. yeah. So that's the Ninilchik Swancho by Caitlin Hunter. And then going down that rabbit hole led me to the <laughs> Ora shawl, O-H-R-A, which is also by Caitlin Hunter. I had seen this already because my awesome friend, Sarah, who is a spell of winter on Ravelry, she has already knit it. So I'd oh, seen it already. Okay. It is a triangular shawl with four colors. It uses two full skeins and then mini skeins of two more colors. So four total. And what makes this amazingly unique it has some texture it has some ribbing it has some garter and stripes it has all sorts of cool things in it but it has two rows of tassels in the body of the shawl so you have this cool feature with these little tassels and I might have squeed when I saw it the first time <laughs> because I thought oh my gosh look at all my tassels I was so excited and then recently another friend Inez who is Edler 007 she has knit one that she just finished last week. I would love to knit this shawl. One obstacle is that it's another really, really large shawl. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how many of those I need in my life, although I do like them. So <laughs> that's one thing that's making me wonder. And then two, I'm not sure what colors to combine. Because yeah. if you look at it, you really need some contrast in it. So I really need to do mm -hmm. some color planning to make it work. But, oh, it's so pretty. And it just brings me a lot of joy because of the tassels alone. I was going to say, and the yarn requirements must be pretty steep for all those tassels. Yes, too. although the tassels are small, but the, also the finishing work involved in putting all those tassels in kind of makes That's my head swoon, <laughs> like, oh, no. <laughs> but on the idea of Christmas knitting, she is doing a holiday promotion right now, so you can get 30% off of any of Caitlin Hunter's patterns through December 30th. So that's a pretty good deal. And I almost bought one yesterday because of the discount. I thought, no, no, no. You have a month to think about it. You don't need to buy it today. It's not like patterns run out like yarn. <laughs> so that's Caitlin Hunter and the Ninilchik Swancho and the Ora Shawl. Now, while, you know, this rabbit hole syndrome in Ravelry, yes. while looking at the Ninilchik Swancho, I stumbled onto another Swancho type garment called Fia by Tori Gubritz, and this is very, very similar in shape to the Swancho, Nanilchik Swancho, but it's striped instead of a, a lot of color work. So to me, that made it more appealing was the stripes instead of the color work. And the stripes are all done with a slip stitch technique. So it looks like the, the stripes kind of play off of each other, but it's slip stitch. So there's never more than one color in mm -hmm. a row. I like that. I like it too. So that means easy knitting. It is three colors. It's also in worsted weight, and I really, really like the idea of it. So both of those swanchos are in worsted weight. And Steph had a very brilliant observation on last week's or last episode. I was stocking the swancho and Francis Revisited, which mm -hmm. is a pullover large cow neck sweater. Like, yeah. And I said, oh, the swancho might be too warm. And Steph pointed out, she's knit both. That Francis Revisited is actually a lot warmer than the Swancho because the Swancho is so large at the bottom that it's actually roomier and airier than a pullover sweater, yeah, which was... I would think so. Yeah, I hadn't even thought of that, though. <laughs> so thank you, Steph, for that observation. Now, the last thing I'm stalking is more of an idea so far. Max asked me to knit him a sweater. Well, he wants me to knit him a sweater. <laughs> Not only does he want me to knit him a sweater, he said, I just want the simplest pullover that you can imagine. I don't want anything fancy. I just want a pullover. 
And I said, okay, what color? And we talked about color. We went down to the local yarn store and did some yarn shopping together. And he's thinking of a deep forest green, which would look fabulous on him. So Max actually wants me to knit him a sweater. And I told him, I'm so excited that you want me to knit something for you. And he said, I'm excited that I want to wear something that you've knit. So besides the poncho, sorry, poncho, I've got poncho on the brain, the penguin hat that I crocheted for him several years ago that he wore for months and months. So I'm excited. One of yeah. my kids wants a hand. <laughs> so again, on the subject of Christmas and gifts and things like that, this episode is sponsored by Plum Deluxe Tea. Love trying new teas? Treat yourself to a Plum Deluxe Tea subscription. For only $10 a month, you'll receive a hand-blended, all-organic, loose-leaf tea, thoughtfully chosen for the season. Tea Club members also enjoy special benefits like gift swaps, free shipping on all purchases, and access to a supportive community. Caffeine-free, allergy-friendly options are also available. A tea subscription also makes a fantastic gift. Plum Deluxe has a new selection of accessories, from artisan scoops and spoons to pretty and practical tea infusers. Great for host and hostess gifts or for yourself. Visit PlumDeluxe.com and explore. Fun. So thank you, Andy. I got my tea the other day. I remember I said last yes. time we recorded, they, yes. my favorite was on sale for $5 yeah. a thing. So yeah. I was excited to get that. That's Super great. yummy. And it was cold, so I've been drinking tea again. <laughs> of course, not today so much, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what are you knitting? I'm knitting two things, actually. I've got two cows on the needles right now. The first one is called Volkig, and that is by Martina Bean. Oh, you cast it on. I cast it on. I think I cast on both of these cows about the same time. I just wow. did a cowl cast on. <laughs> and Volkig is a free pattern from, let's see, this summer. It was released in June of 2017, and I'm pretty sure I stocked it back then yeah. because it's a pretty cool pattern you cast on your number of stitches and I believe it was a fairly high number of stitches I can't remember how many I'm wanting to say maybe yeah I can't remember how many stitches actually maybe I'm confusing that cow with this cow it was it was a good cast on though we'll just say and then you knit a setup row and then once you knit your setup row the whole cow is the same row repeated over and over and over for the whole length of the cow, however tall you manage to make it or however tall you want to make it. It is knit, the yardage called for in the pattern is 470 to 490 yards, but it's a cow. It's one of those things. You knit it to the height that you want. And this one has all these scrunchy, almost like a ruching effect because you knit three together and then opposite that you knit you increase in two stitches so you're decreasing two stitches at one end of the sequence and then increasing at the other end of the sequence and there's I can't remember several there's like four four or five sections around the cowl that you do this stitch sequence in okay and you get this wonderful ruching effect it almost looks like the cowl is knit on the bias because of the decreases and increases and it's really fun it's different from a lot of things i've seen out there and did i mention the best thing it's the same row <laughs> knit over and over so once you memorize the easily memorizable stitch sequence you're good to go i think this would make an excellent travel project because it's a fairly small cowl i think i'm knitting mine on 20 inch circulars maybe 24 inch circulars so it's relatively small you could work on it in a car mm -hmm. or on an airplane without elbowing your neighbor so much <laughs> And you use that one skein of something interesting. Let's see, the, like I mentioned, the pattern came out in June, and it's November now, and there's almost a thousand projects. Yeah. So it's a very popular little free pattern, I should mention. It is a free pattern. 
and that is Volkig by Martina Beam. Yeah, I want to cast that one on eventually, yeah, too. Yeah, it's, it's just fun. It you really is find fun. the perfect skein. <laughs> and then the second cowl I am working on is one that I have stocked. Well, I stocked this a couple episodes ago. When it first came out, it's called Beloved Berlin by Isabel Kramer. And I bought this pattern as soon as it came out. I knew I loved it. And I am knitting mine in three different colors of a single ply yarn, two colors from Neighborhood Fiber Company, one called Magnetic Midnight, which I believe was a special color for Stitches West two years ago, I want to say, and then a light purple, almost a lavender called Lauraville. And then the third color is a single ply fingering from Western Sky called Dianthe, which is a bright pink, very similar to, oh, what's that? What's coquette. that Madeline? Yes, Coquette from Madeline Tosh. This one has a little bit more tonality to it, this particular skin, so I really like that. Gorgeous. Yeah. And the contrast between those two colors is yes. amazing. Yes. So the way this cowl is knit, you start with a provisional cast on. This is the cowl, actually, that has a, a very large number of stitches cast on. I think it's 300-ish. And you start with a provisional cast on, you knit lace for a little while, then you've got a little section of stockinette, then you knit a, well, and this section in stockinette is knit in the bright pop color, which for me is the bright pink, the Dianthe from Western Sky. You knit a churning row, you knit a little bit more on the other side, which is now the inside of the cowl, but the cowl is fully reversible. So you knit a little bit of the pink and stockinette, and then you bring in the third color as stripes. So you have the option of wearing the lace section out or the striped section out, but the stripes will show through the lace section as well. So I think that's very fun. It is fun. <laughs> and since I used the bright pink, that's going to be my pop color, and you're going to be able to see it a little bit through the lace if I'm wearing the lace side out. So very fun. Like I said, I fell in love with this pattern as soon as I saw it. I have to put in a plug for Neighborhood Fabric Company here too, because if you listen to this before, quote, Cyber Monday, unquote, which is a huge online sales day in America, which follows Thanksgiving weekend for the Christmas season, Karita from Neighborhood Fiber Company is doing a huge sale on Cyber Monday. So check that out if you're interested in acquiring any Neighborhood Fiber Company yarns because she's got a really good sale going on that day. Okay, so that is Beloved Berlin by Isabel Kramer. Did I say that already? You did. Oh, but sorry. it's always good to repeat it at the end, just in case. <laughs> okay, and how about you, Gail? What are you knitting? Right now in my hands, I just cast on a second bank head hat by Susie Gourlay, free pattern on Ravelry, knit in worsted weight yarn that I'm doing for charity. And Josie was cleaning out her room, which she does like every six years, and she had a huge collection of acrylic yarn that she had acquired because she and her friend were going to crochet a granny square blanket. They were each going to work on squares, and well, that lasted about a week, and then the yarn made its way back into my charity stash, and the colorway I'm using right now came from one of those Klutz Learn How to Knit kits. Oh, really? And this is the grossest acrylic yarn. <laughs> Squeaky? It's so squeaky. It's so unpleasant to knit Aww. with. And yeah, it's different shades of purple, tonal purple. So ick. I'm going to go ahead and continue with the yarn. But what we should tell the our shopping story. Charlene and I snuck out for a little bit of relaxation oh. <laughs> and shopping. Retail therapy last week. And we went to one of our local stores. And Charlene noticed that there was a learn how to knit kit. <laughs> so, we did a selfie with the learn how to knit kit because that yeah. was pretty funny. It was very similar to the klutz yeah. type of a product, I guess, that has uh, the book and then the the needles craft. and yarn and yes, yeah. the things that you would need for the craft. And so. we did not buy it. We I, did not. A couple alas. people asked if we bought it, <laughs> and we didn't. It was it didn't look like the greatest kit ever. No, it actually it didn't. had straight needles, straight wooden needles instead of a circular needle, and 
there were just some things about it that wouldn't make it the ideal kit yeah. that I would want to give someone who I, I was teaching want to, to knit. either. But yeah. it was fun to take a picture. It was very with it. fun. <laughs> so that's the first thing I'm knitting: the bank head hat by Susie Gourlay. The second thing I'm still working on my yoga shawl by Andrea Mowry, and I'm very happy to say that I am to the final chevron at the end. So I have several inches of chevron knitting to go, but I will be done with it fairly soon, and I'm super excited about that. Then the part I'm not so excited about is sewing on the 20 buttons that go with or onto that shawl. So finishing work, but oh well. I picked out 20 buttons for my stash that are just a jumble of different buttons. They're all oh, almost the same fun. size, but different colors. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that part of it. Yeah. And the last thing, I cast on a new sweater and I'm knitting along with Laura, who is Laura PA Knits. And it is the Maisie sweater by Tori Gubritz. And I stocked this a while ago. It's a top-down raglan-shaped hoodie. So top down from the neckline down, and then you pick up stitches at the neckline and go up for the hood. And it has color work, a snowflake-like pattern down around kind of the lower waist hip, high hip area. And it has pockets and it has toggle closures and it's really, really cute. So I'm using some of my beloved Madeline Tosh Erin, E-R-I-N yarn, which also happens to be heavy worsted Erin weight. Mm -hmm. And I'm using a color called Lolita, which is a beautiful tonal purple. And you know you have too much stash when you can't find your stash. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I texted Charlene and some of our other knitting friends the other day. I couldn't find my Lolita anywhere. I had all of my stash, my Madeline stash, sorry, Madeline Tosh Aaron stash lives underneath the bed. So I'd pulled all these things out from under the bed and I couldn't find it anywhere. And I thought, there are only so many places I put yarn. Where on earth could this yarn be? And after about 20 minutes, I realized, oh yeah, when I got that in the mail this summer, I put it in the back of one of the cars in a trunk to debug it, you know, so it would be in the hot, right. hot, hot, and it could kill any bugs that were in it. Right. And I had still had it in the trunk. <laughs> so that was back in like, I don't know, July or August, and here it is November, and I can't find my yarn, and it's still in the trunk of the car. So that was my Lolita story. I thought that was pretty funny. You can't that find is. your own stash. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really enjoying that knit. It's knit on some pretty hefty needles, and I cast on over the weekend and only worked on it a little bit watching Stranger Things season mm. two and I'm really enjoying that so far. Nice. So that's Maisie by Tori Gabriel. So we're both going to have large gauge sweaters on the needles. Yes, we if are. If I ever get mine on the needles. Well, DK, <laughs> this Madeline Josh Aaron is a lot thicker than DK. Is it? Okay. Yeah, a lot thicker. So what have you finished since the last episode? I've finished a couple of things. I've finished a third sock head cowl. I'm knitting this one for charity using leftovers, and I've just been blending random colors and having fun with it using kind of a faded technique, kind of color blocking on some of them, just whatever happens, happens. And it's just easy, calming knit in the round. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, and I'm really just using the numbers from the Sockhead Cowl because I'm also not making mine as tall as is called for in the pattern because the original pattern, you use a full skein of 400 plus fingering, 400 yards plus fingering weight yarn, and I don't think I'm using 400 yards on my cowls. I'm just making it a nice single height single wrap of just a and not super tall yeah not yeah. super tall so that is Sockhead Cow by Kelly McClure and then my big finish is my boxy sweater Yay. by Hokey Locatelli this is my second boxy sweater and it is a huge success <laughs> boo kitty is climbing the curtain to try to get everyone's attention to let him out and here we go. Bye, Boo. Go. I was hoping he'd come up on the table and sleep yeah, on my felted bag done again. That for a while, yeah. but he was fast asleep when you got here. Yeah, he was oh. in his warm spot. <laughs> so my boxy sweater. I knit mine so that it's smaller around 
than the original fingering white boxy pattern calls for, which I believe is 64 inches around. And my first boxy, I had kind of changed the numbers to make it about 50 inches around. And I wanted to do that again, but I wasn't necessarily into trying to figure out all my notes from last time. Mm -hmm. So when I was looking at the patterns, I was looking at the other boxy sweaters, as you do when you fall down that rabbit hole. <laughs> and I realized that I had the worsted boxy in my library. I have no memory of actually purchasing that, but apparently I, I did. I think Hoagie gave those to us. Oh, I think that, she did, yeah. Okay, because Hoagie's awesome. <laughs> so I had the worsted boxy pattern in my library. I did a little math with my swatch, and I decided that it was going to be possible for me to use some of the numbers from one of the sizes on the worsted boxy pattern to achieve the circumference that I wanted to achieve. And lo and behold, it actually worked. Yay! <laughs> I got about what I wanted. And I had to, of course, use the numbers from the fingering weight pattern for lengths. And when it told me to knit, for example, a certain number of rows around for the collar, of course, I couldn't use the worsted numbers because that would make a very tiny collar yes. and fingering. So I went back to the other pattern and used the number of rounds from the fingering weight pattern. So my sweater is kind of a mashup of both patterns, but it came out so much better than I hoped for. And it was super fast. It, I think I, I was only how knitting you knit that I think sweater. I've only been knitting it one episode. You have. Yep. And it was just because it was just going around and around for most of the sweater. And also, again, like I said, it wasn't as large as the original pattern calls for because I had four skeins of the yarn that I was using, which is the Neighborhood Fiber Company fingering white yarn. And I fully expected to go into four skeins, but I used just under three. I have a little bit left of the third skein. So, so just it, under four? No, I didn't even go into the fourth skein. So you just under four skeins. You didn't make it to the fourth skein. I did not make it to the fourth But you used almost the full third skein. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So sorry if that was, I did I not say that clearly. I used almost three skeins and still got a sweater that's very big around. It looks like a boxy on me, but it's not super swimming on super you. Super huge. Mm -hmm. So I'm very happy with the way that came out. Very, very Yay, happy. I even beautiful. did a little split hem on it so that the back is just a tiny, about an inch longer than the front. And I love very that color. That. Yeah, it is, let's see, the color is called Upton. And it's a black going into a gray, a tonal gray, but a lot of black. It's very dark. And that was the other reason that I think I've mentioned previously that I thought this yarn would be good for this sweater because yarn that is that dark is going to be difficult to knit unless it's just straight stocking it and I don't have to be looking at it the whole time to knit it. So since the majority of the sweater is straight stocking it in the round, it was good. Yes. <laughs> I was able to knit a sweater in such dark yarn. So that was great. I'm really happy with it. Yay. I can't believe I finally have my second boxy. I know. There are so many people out there that have knit multiple boxies. I and I wanted them. to yeah. be in that multiple boxy club. <laughs> and you made it. Finally. So, yes. How about you? What have you finished? Well, besides the Annulaire by Hilary Smith Callis, which I mentioned in what I'm wearing, I finished... A couple hats. I knit another bankhead hat by Susie Gorley, which is what I've also cast on today, and I'm knitting right now on this horrid acrylic yarn. And 
I all, oh, that one I used Madeline Tosh 80-10-10 worsted. So that's 80% merino, 10% nylon, 10% cashmere. A beautiful yarn to work with. I used the Nocturne colorway. And by the way, both Nocturne as a colorway and that base are only available through the Madeline Tosh website. So they are not commercial bases that you can get in your local yarn store. And that hat is for a friend. And the second hat I knit is for his wife. So the second one I knit is the Lock hat, L-O-C-H, by Tin Can Knits. They did pattern giveaways a couple years ago around the holidays. And I have several of their patterns from those giveaways that I hadn't yet knit. And this was one of them. It is a bottom-up hat with a lot of lace in it. And it's so cool. I knit it in Dragonfly Fibers Selkie Sport, which is 70% BFL, Blue Face Luster, and 30% Silk. And the yarn is amazing. I put mm -hmm. that on my Stitches 2018 shopping list because I want a sweater quantity of that oh, yarn. Okay. It is fabulous. Its stitch definition is incredible. And this hat, because it has lace work in it, and it also has a lot of twisted stitches so mm -hmm. it makes those twisted stitches just pop oh, so it's nice. really a beautiful hat I'm i love so the way pleased. twisted stitches pop anyway but yes with this yarn, yarn oh baby <laughs> so pretty love that yes I'm, I'm really excited about the hat it's really pretty i used their heliotrope color which is a beautiful purple and mm. this woman loves purple it's her favorite color so she gets the lock hat and her husband gets the bankhead hat and those are in my car ready to be shipped to France when I leave here. I'm going to the post oh, office okay. if it's not horribly crowded. I'm hoping to get that pre-Christmas. Yeah, everybody's know, not, grocery shop. Yeah, so hopefully they will <laughs> not be at the post office. The other thing that I finished was my Land of Sweets cowl. So we just talked about that. Yes. It was the first pattern in the Knitvent 2017 collection by Helen Stewart of Curious Handmade. And it is a really fun shawl. So Charlene read the description. It's basically, you can use up to 24 different colors. So it was designed with the Christmas yarn advent calendars in mind. And if you don't know what those are, some indie dyers and I think opal yarns have done advent calendars where every day you open a new little mini skein of yarn. So Helen's idea was knit vent, advent calendar, all goes together. You could use your yarn of the day from your advent calendar to knit that stripe in the cowl. I, instead of using 24 different colors, I used one skein that is Wooly Wonka fibers. They're a Ranroid sock, which is a combo of merino, silk, and sparkle. And it is a beautiful light speckle yarn. So it has a whitish base with all the pastels in it and pink and purple primarily. Mm -hmm. And then I went into my gigantic mini skein hoard <laughs> and dumped it all out and pulled out all the prettiest colors that went with that speckled yarn. So I ended up with, I think, 12 contrasting colors. And no, maybe it was, I think it was fewer than that because I ended up, the, the cowl alternates between sections of stockinette, texture, and lace. And there are two different lace patterns. And what I did was instead of changing colors in the lace, I did all the lace in the main color of yarn. So I have longer sections of the main color and then stripes of the contrasting color. So it's not completely symmetrical. Mm -hmm. And I did end up cutting out two of the stripes because I didn't want to pull another color out of my mini skeins. Mm -hmm. I pulled all the ones that went perfectly and I didn't yeah. want to mess with that. Yeah. So mine it's is, a tall cow. So it's a very tall cow. Leave off a couple. Exactly. Yeah. It didn't affect the FO at all. Yeah. I love it so much. Nice. Oh my gosh, it makes me <laughs> so happy. It is perfectly colored for the nutcracker, that part of the ballet. It just makes me so happy. I could just hang it up on my wall and stare at it. That's <laughs> how much I love this finished object. Nice. I don't even need to wear it and I love it. I can just look at it and smile. So Land of Sweets Cowl by Helen Stewart. A lot of you commented on Instagram 
that it seemed like I knit that thing overnight, that I knit it very quickly, that's just the testament to what a great fun knit it was because it basically knit itself. Oh, I want to do the next color. And you're yeah. knitting, knitting, knitting to get to the next color. And then, oh, I want to get back to my speckle yarn. So it really did knit up very quickly. It was a very fun knit. And I look forward to knitting that again someday in different colors. All right. So highly recommend it. All right. And we had a little bit of trip down memory lane we wanted to do, didn't we? Yes. Where are they now? The stocking episode. So looking back, I don't know if you did this. I pulled out all of my previous show notes and looked at every I did, single I didn't episode. look at every single one, but I looked at ones from our first year for sure. I looked at every single wow. episode stocking. And it was so much fun. One of the things I noticed, so we just mentioned Hohi because of the boxy sweater. And I will have you know that on episode 20 of the Yarniacs podcast, we described how to pronounce Hohi, not Joji, which is right. how we used to refer to her, Hohi. So that was one of the things I noticed when looking back through the show notes. I thought that was pretty funny. And the reason I wanted to look at all of them was because I wanted to see if I had an overarching theme oh, in things that okay. I've stopped and things that I've actually knit. So how many things have gone from stocking to knit to in my wardrobe. And yeah, I did find some themes. Statistic. Did you see any themes? Or did you look only from the first year? Yeah, did you see I any didn't, themes? I didn't really see themes because I only looked at, I think it, it wasn't even the full first year. But why don't you tell us your theme? Well, <laughs> one of the most surprising things is that I knit a very high percentage of the things that I stock. So that kind yeah. of surprised me. I don't know why it surprised me. But <laughs> it did. And for the things that I stock that I don't knit, regardless of how excited I am about them when I'm stocking them, for some bizarre reason, the ones that don't actually make it onto my needles and into my closet mm -hmm. are from collections. Oh. Isn't that odd? That's an interesting thing to have even noticed. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty universally true whether it's from something we reviewed because we were asked to review it or because we reviewed it because we wanted to review it. Mm -hmm. There's no correlation. It's just collections in general, mm -hmm. even if it was you know, our own choice. So very interesting. I also noticed that a lot of my stocked items made it onto my needles, but then I ripped them out for some reason usually because I didn't like the yarn pattern combination, sometimes because I decided midway I wasn't going to like it as a finished garment. But I have a list of like eight or ten sweaters that I started sometimes more than once and abandoned. So they were on my stocking list for quite some time, but then they never made it to a finished object. And then the two biggest categories of things that I've stocked but haven't knit are socks because I'm really not a sock knitter at right. heart. So I get all excited about socks sometimes. And then they very rarely make it to the needles and big shawls. Mm -hmm. I love my big shawls, but you can only knit so many. So <laughs> a lot of big shawls to don't make it onto those. the needles. Yeah. Although I really love the ones that I've knit. So maybe I'll break through that barrier. Yeah. Yeah. But what was on your list? Well, I, picked out specific patterns that I had talked about back in our first year of podcasting. And since you mentioned themes, I looked down and of the few specific patterns that I had written down, I do notice that two of them are colorwork yoke sweaters. Mm. One of them is Paper Dolls from Kate oh. Davis which I really love, and I loved that for years, and I really wanted to make that pattern. I believe, let's see, it says it was published in June of 2013, but I believe that was the update. Yes, it says yeah. in the description, that was the update, because I know that, like I said, it this predates was, I us. stopped this in our first year yeah. of podcasting, which predates June 2013. Mm -hmm. The paper doll sweater is a circular yoke sweater with little silhouettes of little paper dolls, basically holding hands or holding their skirts, I guess. 
you can't really tell because they kind of, well, maybe they're not even holding hands. They've got hands on waist, kind of. But you've got head, body, arms, and then the triangular skirt and little legs sticking out. And it's really cute and sweet. And one of the things that I loved about this pattern is that people took it and personalized it. There was all kinds of different objects that people put instead of the paper doll. So the finished projects are really fun to look through. There's a lot of different colored paper dolls, but there's also, oh, somebody did one with Daleks. I see acorns or paper flowers. There's all different things. Somebody even had done one, there we go, with Totoro's, which I know I was totally remembered of at one time yes. on it when you said Totoro one. Yes. And then the second sweater that I stocked, which also has a colored circular yoke, well, uh, stranded circular yoke, is the Chickadee sweater by Isolde oh, Teague. Yeah. And I think what I have discovered is that I don't particularly care for the way circular yokes fit me. I thought you knit the chickadee. I did not knit okay. chickadee. I knit another one a from that book, cityscape. Right? No, that the was Laura cityscape. Chow, no, I don't know. It wasn't. I can't remember who designed that one, but. Cityscape had a circular yoke, and there's something about it. I, I don't really think I like the way they fit me okay. anymore. So it's kind of a live and learn type situation. As, as I've knit more and more years, you kind of figure out what you like, what you don't mm -hmm. like, and also having the podcast and having to talk about the projects really puts it in more of more of a microscope you kind of see things well you don't always see things more clearly but you can see mm -hmm. things more clearly and I think that's one of the reasons why I've never gone ahead and knit either one even though I quite like the look of them but I just don't like the way that they fit that they sit so they're very pretty I would I agree like on some, the, the really deep color work yokes on me, I don't like. Mm -hmm. If it's a shorter amount of color work, I like that a lot. But if it, the deeper it goes, the more it kind of eats into the area under your arm. And yeah. it's not very flattering yeah. on me either if it gets too deep. Yeah. So those were two that I stopped. What yeah. I ended up doing, so our, our intention originally was to look through our past stocking notes and talk about the ones we haven't cast on and why we didn't, which is exactly what Charlene <laughs> did. And instead I ended up with one, two, three, four, five, six more that had been on my stocking list as far ago, as long ago as episode four in 2012. And as recently as episode 127 in November of last year, that for some reason moved off my radar, mm -hmm. and now I want to put them back on my radar. <laughs> and one of them, funnily enough, we were talking about it in one of the threads in our Ravelry group. We were talking about the Shell Seeker sweater by Heidi Kiermeyer. Miriam was wearing one in the What Are You Wearing Today thread, oh. and she had a shawl over the top of it. Yeah. Now, Shell Seeker is a top-down pullover that's striped, and it has a little kangaroo pocket. And I've stocked that since episode 13, 2012. And I remember when we talked about it, I wanted to modify it to have a hood. And I, for some reason, when I looked at Miriam's picture, thought she was wearing, or she had a hood on the sweater. It was the shawl. I don't know mm -hmm. why. It did, When you look at it, it's clearly a shawl. It's not a hood. But for some reason, I thought that was a hooded shell seeker. And I got all excited because maybe I could use her modifications. And it went right back into the top of my queue. Oh, interesting. And then, lo and behold, I stocked it way back then. Yeah. Episode four, I talked about the wildflower cardigan by Alana Dacos, oh, which yeah. we talked about that at, was it Lambfest maybe? 
we talked about it and I Lamb said, Town, I think so. yeah, it was, it was Lambtown. And I think there was one that was a display and I, or someone was wearing one who walked by and yeah. I said, I really still want to nip that sweater. Ponchos. I was stalking since episode two. Wow. Yeah. So I obviously have a thing for ponchos. <laughs> I'm just going to embrace it now. And some of the others, Lila Light, which I stalked in episode 97, 2015. I think I recently stalked that again, and I know you've talked about it. I have, So yeah. that's a sweater I definitely plan to knit. The Crazy Stripes Tee, oh, yeah. episode 68, 2014, by Atelier Alpha. I had actually cast that on and tried to knit it. I was trying to modify the neckline to be more of a crew neck and less of a boat neck, and set it down and then waited too long to pick it back up again and didn't know what I had done. But our friend Carol is knitting one right now, and she's re-inspired me to add that back to the queue. Nice. And then one from episode 25, 2012, The Samovar Cardigan by Laura Chow. Oh, it I is a beautiful all-over lace worsted weight sweater, and it's gorgeous. And my friend Maggie gifted me the pattern a long time ago. And it keeps moving in and out, in and out, in and out of my queue because I don't usually have sweater quantities of worsted right. that would work for that sweater. So I'll look at it again think, oh, I really like that. I want to put that back in my queue. Yeah. And then eventually it moves out because I don't have the <laughs> yarn. So all of these are sweater and they're all sweaters. Yeah. All of them are sweaters that will eventually, I think, be knit because they've really stood the test of time that I've liked them that for long. For this long. Yeah, yeah, which is remarkable. And I think I own each and every one of the patterns. I don't own Lila Light, but I think I own the rest. And then the last one was episode 127 of November of last year. I said 2018, didn't I? That was 2016. 2018 2016. is next year, not last year. <laughs> by Christina Gerlandia or Gerlanda. I had stocked several of hers. I I discovered her in the indie gift along last year. Uh -huh. That's how I discovered her. Okay. And I fell in love with a bunch of her sweaters. I even purchased some of the patterns, and yet I haven't knit them yet. Uh -huh. So I think it's dangerous to stalk what I've been stalking because look what happens. My queue grows. <laughs> well, it's interesting <laughs> that we have things that, yes, we want to go back to, some things that definitely fall off. And then I also have a certain proportion of things that I stock that I'm just stocking for the sake of the item because I find it interesting for some reason and maybe I want to see projects or I want to see the way it's knit up, that kind of thing. So there's that category too. So you weren't stocking it necessarily for with myself, the intention of knitting but just it, because right? it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So it'll be interesting to come back and do this occasionally. Yeah. And just kind of review and see if there's something that if we figured out why things are definitely not working for us like me with my uh, circular yokes or if we find things that yes we definitely want to put them back in the queue yeah, and we'll see <laughs> next time we revisit the subject if I've actually knit any of those sweaters yeah. that I just said I really want to revisit knitting. yeah definitely we'll see so right. a couple things I wanted to mention, the retreat registrations should be in. This is our Knockers retreat that we are hosting along with the two Knitlet Chicks in April of next year, 2018. So your registrations should be in by now. And then Stitches West will be in February 2018. Gail just got a big smile on did. her face. It'll be here before we know it. <laughs> it will be. We will be there from Thursday through Sunday, and we will be having a little we will be having a little get together on Saturday afternoon with Barb and Tracy of the two knit lit chicks in the hotel bar area. And I think that's it. And that's basically just an old friend reunion now because yes. it's pretty commonly the same people every year. And if you've never joined the group before, please come and stop by because everyone is just so enthusiastic and friendly. And, you know, everybody says that part of your tribe. I really don't like that expression, but it's so true <laughs> in this case because everyone is so amped on everything knitting and yeah. it's so much fun to share what you've purchased and what you're planning for it. And everybody gets these ideas and it's just, 
It's like little kids at Disneyland. Yeah, so. what we typically do is plan to have lunch or a beverage in the afternoon, sit down for several hours with listeners and friends and fellow podcasters, and we all knit and show each other things that we have seen or purchased, and then we head back in for one last round on for the that show day. floor yep. if we want. <laughs> and it's really a nice thing to do if you ever go to any type of festival. I highly recommend that you take breaks away from the yarn. Yeah, It's really hard to make logical, sensical purchases <laughs> and to even see things. So true. If you immerse yourself in it, especially something the size of Stitches West, it's so easy to get overwhelmed. It is. And stepping away from the convention floor, even for 10 minutes, really helps a lot. It helps Sit with down, the rationality. Have a snack, <laughs> have something to drink, just, you know, kind of gear yourself back up again. It helps clear your head and it just makes it so much more enjoyable yes. because you can see things again. Yes, yes absolutely. Yep. <laughs> I highly recommend that for any type of festival, even if it's not knitting related. So, all right. Well, happy Thanksgiving to anyone who's celebrating it. And please don't let the holiday stress get the best of you. Please sit and knit and chill and have a cup of tea occasionally. Yes. <laughs> Relax. All right. Happy knitting, everybody. Happy knitting. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniacs Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniacs.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniacs Podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gaily Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gaily Whaley.